0: Hello and welcome to the Sheffield Libraries podcast. My name is Alexis and my guest today is children's book author and illustrator Carl Newson. In this episode, Carl and I will chat about children's book publishing, our love of libraries and Carl will share with us his book releases including brand new young fiction title The Hat Full of Secrets. Thanks to local bookshop Rhyme and Reason, we have five copies of the book to give away. Listen to the end to find out how you can enter. So okay. welcome to the podcast, Carl. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's brilliant to be here.
0: Um, so I've known you for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, and I always remember you because we met on Twitter as more of an illustrator um, and actually the first book I have of yours is illustrated by you, but you're now here taking the picture book world by storm as an author. So I'm really curious to find out what your real love is.
1: Writing has always been the first. It goes back to when my kids were little, about 14 years ago now, maybe. And I first uh, tried to write a story for them and sent it off to publishers in a little brown envelope. They waited six months for a reply and got lots of no's. Um, and I think the next one I sent off got a sort of half interested, but not quite nearly there, almost not quite. Um, and I thought if I could show the illustrations, what I'm thinking in my head, then ah. I'd stand a better chance. So I decided to to try and learn to illustrate basically. And that's why the illustrations then, cause that, that started to pick up and I enjoyed that. And then I only really started writing a game to try and get an agent. Um, just so I could submit something that had illustrations and texts in.
0: Do you think the illustrating your books made a difference to when you were submitting them or not?
1: I don't think it made a difference, mm. really, but I think that time that I spent learning how to do it made a massive difference to, yes. me, to how I did it in the end, if that makes sense. So mm,
0: absolutely. Yeah it's a very it feels like a very unknown um, quantity trying to get your books out into the publishing world and knowing the right thing to do and you kind of feel like you have to try lots of things.
1: Yeah it was like studying it like doing well it was about eight years I think Mm. just solid reading and sticking notes in other books plowing through as many as I could and trying to work out how they worked.
0: I, I think I do get the impression as a somebody who works in a library somebody who blogs about books as well you can really see the people who have researched their field yeah Mm. Yeah, yes it
1: it becomes second nature most of the time i'm writing stuff now and i don't ever think about page turns or how many pages it's going to be or how long the words Mm. is there it's like i guess like writing a song once you've written a million songs you just write a song
0: so you've had um You've just done amazingly well with your authoring over the past couple of years, really. You've had 11 picture books, one young fiction, which is your new one, which we're talking about in a little while, which is Mm -hmm. fabulous. Uh, A board book, three educational books, and you've illustrated three books as well. In the last few months, you've released no less than five children's books. How has it been promoting your books during the the weird time that is COVID-19?
1: Definitely been different, even though I still feel relatively new to promoting and getting out in schools and whatnot. I definitely would have done a lot more of that than I've been able to. Um, but I mean, in in other ways, I think it's it's been brilliant because it allows you, because everything's such a, a drive on social media now. Like I've been making trailers. It's just um, a lot of it is not knowing what I know if I'm doing and pressing buttons and seeing how it comes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It makes me think back to the other books. If I'd have done things like that for them, how would they have gone down? Is it? Not, and like, I don't even know if it works people look at a video and then they scroll past because they just want to see an image but
0: no. yeah I think it does work because I know that I mean I've always I've followed you for a long time as as we know but I do think your most recent releases have definitely been higher up on my radar because I've seen those trailers and various promotions that you've done I I do think that kind of the social media impact it, do, it does work I think it is working and if you create engaging content but it's It's a very new thing to a lot of us, isn't it? That we're having Mm -hmm. to find new ways to engage our audiences. Um, So looking at the books themselves, first big release are your Cheeky Mouse books. So the first one was I Am a Tiger, which was published last year in 2019. Um, And then we've got I Am Not an Elephant. And then I Can Roll Like a Dinosaur. They were both released this year, published by Macmillan and illustrated by the incredible Ross Collins. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about this series of books?
1: They are about a mouse, uh, but also not a mouse. Completely strange concepts. It's, the first one, I Am a Tiger, was basically me thinking I want to write about something who says I am something, but you can clearly see that it is not that. And then just, I wanted it to be something small, and a mouse was the obvious thing, and then it was going to be something big. Yeah. And I chose a bear first. Um, but because I had a bear is a bear already, we changed it before we pitched it um, to Tiger. And it just, and it pretty much wrote itself. It's just that, that strong character. of I yeah. am, no, I am, no, you're not. Why aren't you? Because of this.
0: <laughs> I love the belligerence of the main character in this. And I love yeah. the fact that he doesn't change that at all. So at the end, he's still as belligerent.
1: Yeah, it was, it was good fun to write. I wasn't sure how it was going to go down, but there was, when the publishers got involved, Another one wanted it as well. Macmillan just got it. They they knew exactly what mouse was. I wasn't trying to throw any big letters yeah. in there. I was kind of surprised by that one, really.
0: I read it to a, a story time in the library when I first received a copy. And it is still one of the most popular storytime books that I have ever done. I mean, the kids got it and they absolutely loved it. And they spent the rest of the hour or so just roaring the way around the library and declaring <laughs> themselves to be tigers. And they, they honestly it went down such a storm. It was a really, really popular book.
1: Yeah. A lot of it is down to Ross's illustrations. Mm. He, the, he just does something with those. Even Mouse, as the books have gone on, Mouse's character has evolved. So much, not that she's changed, but just the, yeah. the impressions that he's managed to get are incredible. And all the animals are just just the slightest little lines that he draws, and there are. Awesome.
0: It's a, a perfect combination of author yeah. and illustrator.
1: Yeah, I've been very lucky. I do. Yeah. I think it is down to him that there have been. And at, at the moment, Dinosaur is the last
0: one. There might be more.
1: I've written another two because they've all come out so close together. So it was an accidental series. I didn't mean to, to write it. <laughs> the dinosaur one. I wrote um, and realized it was the same character. So I sent it off to Macmillan to say I've written a sequel accidentally. Like you haven't asked for this. I'm sorry, but do you want it? And they said, yeah. So I said, well, can we do one in between to bridge it because the elephant was supposed to start with um, crocodile I go finishes. So I wanted them to go from one to another to another. Yeah. So there's a little gap there now between one and two, which I've got mm-hmm. an idea for one day.
0: Okay, interesting. I think children go. love series and love that continuity and being able to recognise characters and that.
1: It's like they're in on the, the game, aren't they? Absolutely,
0: yeah. Know. So next up we have If You See a Lion, yeah. uh, which is a picture book published by Quarto and illustrated by Andrea Stegmeyer. This is a rhyming book. Tell us about the book first of all.
1: So, uh, If You See line? a Lion is like a spin on If You See a Crocodile. So I knew it was going to be a, a build up to if you see a iron don't forget to something i didn't really know where it was going i just i had that other thing um the, the introduction in my head for ages which was once upon a time there was a story in this book and then the but a lion ate it all came out and then <laughs> when i'm writing in rhyme i think musically all the time so i know i've read a lot recently about people saying they do it mathematically and they're counting to hit the the beat but i always like i'll hear hear the sounds of the word before i know what the word is fill in that word with that sound yeah that makes sense you're a
0: big music fan aren't you have i I got that right you're you're well into your music so that's a really interesting kind of take on it i
1: wander around the house singing them you know, like, oh, but it's, uh, yeah, just it's just seeing seeing where the rhyme goes and what mm. you need. Sometimes like there'll be an extra word on the end of the rhyme, but I know that fits. So then the next line has to not just account for that, but take it off where it's going. next. Yeah. So there's, this, there's
0: nothing much worse than a rhyming book, where, particularly if you're reading out. I know from a library point of view, when we're doing story time, things like that, where there's the slightest little stilt in the words or mm. or the the rhyme and it just completely ruins the the reading aloud experience and it's really uncomfortable as a reader as well as a listener.
1: Well they're fun to write it's because of that really this I think there's there's a lot of words obviously that rhyme in some places especially in the UK with accents and not in other different stresses on words as well like there's some words that will just clash if you put them together because you're going (laughs) I read I do read some books and. The, the way it's worded, for me, is, can be difficult to read it, but mm. it's fine. It can be really tricky. I spend a lot of time looking on uh, Rhyme Zone online, mm-hmm. but I don't know where the lion rhyme came from, really. I think it was just from singing it out loud.
0: No, but I have no
1: idea where I was going at all. I just kept That's
0: interesting. It,
1: saying, it's eating this, it's eating that, it's eating this, and, it, and I knew <laughs> it was, because initially he was just talking to us the whole way yeah. through the lion, shout. Scream, oi, whatever. Uh, it got to the, the point where it was just going nowhere.
0: <laughs>
1: like I thought, well, this could just go on and on and on. <laughs> it, it is-
0: the never-ending picture book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just listing things. So I thought there, need, there needs to be another character, um, which is where Rabbit came in. It keeps responding. And then from there, it really just wrote itself kind of yeah. like Master, because I knew that the obvious thing this character would do is then eat. The rabbit, um, and pretend that there was no rabbit. But then uh, to have rabbit bounce out. I...
0: Yeah, I think it works really well, and kids enjoy that kind of, you know, the idea of an animal burping up the whole <laughs> cast of a book. It's it's funny.
1: And Andrea's done such a brilliant job. I feel really sorry for writing so many characters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, she really had a work cut out, didn't she? In this yeah. one, there's a lot to illustrate, but it's gorgeous, and I love the muted tones of the illustrations in this. Yeah.
1: It was really nice seeing this one come alive and the message in this one was kind of not not on trend i don't want to sound like i'm doing some sort of clickbait book because i always try and avoid those yeah it's just saying just be you kind of like mouse in a way i mentioned earlier but it's more you don't have to act apart Mm. just be the you you want to be um yeah
0: which which is always a lovely message to have in picture books and i think it's not a message that's gets put across to kids often enough
1: yeah, I, I agree I think the books that do cover it quite especially some of the older ones they come at it from the start like that's always yeah. as soon as you open a page you can be yeah. you don't have to do this whereas this one it doesn't go that until, until it flips over
0: um, the rhymes in it are amazing I know we've spoken a lot about rhyming books but I think um I know from a library perspective they are so popular. Kids just love rhyming books. Parents love reading them as well. Is it more difficult to get rhyming books published due to the problems they pose? Because it can be difficult to translate them into other languages, can't they? Or as an author marvel, you just publish this and they just publish it.
1: It's not like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because most of mine are rhyme. Mouse has done well overseas. The best one for translation rights is um same bit different too. It's got 14 different languages. Mm. Um, oh
0: wow!
1: Uh, but I guess that's very
0: absolutely still
1: makes it rhyme. Yeah. I mean, I'd. I don't know if a lot if they all do get translated back into rhyme. Mm. They just write them in prose. Um, obviously, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. I, I remember when the Gruffalo was getting it still gets rated out now. Obviously, but people always used to use that one to say how many translation deals it has, and yet it's written in. rhyme. Yeah. I think quite a lot of the time those are translated out of rhyme
0: right but it's clearly not um, it's a nice. massive barrier is it as it, as no. it sounds to getting a getting published and also getting translated then because mm. i kind of figured oh if they were in rhyme they wouldn't get translated
1: i think the biggest thing with rhyme and i think why publishers put it out there to begin with don't do it is because unless the rhyme is perfect yes they're not gonna take it which is the, the tricky thing. And for a lot of people, me included, stuff comes out naturally in rhyme. So
0: yeah.
1: it can be difficult to write it in, in prose. And verse is the natural thing. So long as it flows and it reads, like you were saying, and if it's easy to read aloud for other people.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So would you mind reading a little extract from um, If You See a Lion, please? Oh,
1: yeah. OK. This is the, the moment where. Rabbit has entered the scene and lion greets rabbit and says, hello little rabbit. Was it you who called me so? I was looking for a snack. How nice of you to say hello. Hop into my mouth. I'll keep you safe from you know who. And a page turn, an upended page. The rabbit says, you must be roaring mad. We know the lion is you. You gobbled up the umpire band, the penguin and the troll, the pirate and the wizard and the dinosaur whole. It was you who ate the forest and the dragon and the sprite, the river and the mountain beak in one big bite. The ABC of everything, the hippo and the clown. You didn't lick the unicorn, you swallowed it right down. You chowed upon the donut and the pumpkin and the sprout. You gobbled up my friends but I've come to get them out. And then over the page, rabbit has mysteriously disappeared. Did you see where the rabbit went? No? Well, never mind. You and I are here, and there's a lion we must find. Once upon a... Ooh! There was a... Oh! There was a stop! No more hopping, rabbit! You're
0: going to make me...
1: Uh-oh! And then you get out.
0: <laughs> and I love that bit. And the, the page spread on there, the illustrations are incredible. So yes. get that book if you want to see that. But uh, thank you very much. That was really great to hear that read out loud by the man himself. Thank you. So that was um, If You See a Lion. So next up, we've got I Really, Really Need a Wee, illustrated by Duncan Beady and uh, published by Little Tiger Press.
1: So I Really, Really Need a Wee is a bush baby, who has just left home in the jungle and says, Oh, oh, I need a wee. Just as my children did whenever we were off on some great adventure, they would instantly need a wee and it would be the rest of the day trying to find a toilet. And (laughs) uh, I thought it would be fun to take something that we all think animals just go for a wee anywhere, wherever they like. So you add in the bushes and the caves and the, the little holes in the trees, but, um, I think the the trick for this one, from from my point of view, was making it an actual toilet that they were aiming for, and so the whole time is just trying to find an outdoors toilet, and when they do, there's a massive queue, and it just the, the pace of the Ryan picks up. um The illustrations by Duncan BDR, amazing again. The expression yeah. I'm looking at them now as am Yeah,
0: they're fantastic, full they're, of yeah.
1: humour cross-legged and bouncing up and down and, and
0: then, we all recognize um, that
1: um and that's yeah I, I won't give away the ending i think it's quite expected really
0: but, <laughs> but just, it's exactly uh, what children will love I, I know that children in the library and at homes and schools will just love the silliness and the toilet humor in this book it's not over the top
1: thank you yeah i, I wanted to, to write something staple is that the right yeah right word something liquid. Like Be relative always. Needing a wee, everyone needs a wee. Everyone always gets that sort of... Oh oh, no! Um, And yeah, I can read some. Um, Please. Uh oh, I really, 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 really need a wee. I need a wee so desperately. I'm jiggly, can't you see? I wasn't desperate back at home, but now I am out here. I really, really need a wee. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I need to think of something else to make the feeling go a twig, a nut, a waterfall, oh no, oh no, oh no, I have to find the toilet quick, I'm desperate as can be, I really, 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 really need a wee, then there's a hole in the picture, oh ha, a hole to duck into, but whoops, a mouse lives there, the mouse is baking a cake, then there's a cave, oh look a cave, it's full of bats, oh dread! this isn't fair, at last, a bush to go behind. Ah! There's a bear sitting there reading a book. Someone beat me to it. I really should have knocked first, but there wasn't time to do it. And now I've got to run because a bear is chasing me, and I still really, 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 really
0: need a wee. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it. It is. It is one that you do read at kind of hyper speed, or certainly pick yeah. up. Um, yeah it's got that franticness to it and we have all been there we all know either with kids or ourselves that situation it's not yeah. fun i okay. do love the um, the start and end papers as well where duncan has drawn um toilets yes that kind of yeah. hint at which animals might use those particular lavatories and then at the end it shows yeah. you so it's kind of a little um spot puzzle for kids to yeah. have at as well which i really yeah. like yes, it's blues.
1: there's who's yeah that that all comes from Duncan. Uh, or the design team a Mm. little nothing to do with me um it was a nice surprise when i saw it
0: yeah i bet i was i was that kind of comes to my next question really um this book's illustrated by the brilliant duncan bead who is a star in illustration form and all your books are are beautifully illustrated i think you've you've really had some amazing people very lucky um, yeah, absolutely. Do you play any part in the selection process or have any involvement? I, I imagine as with an illustrator background as well, you must have some visual idea of what you want your characters to look like. But do you actually get any say in that when it comes to publication at all? Or? Uh,
1: yes and no. no. I mean, when I write them, I don't think about what they look like at all. Oh, okay, that. interesting. Fish like, baby.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and the same for the mouse and so no... No, uh, no notes. Sound for a lion. Um, the only thing I do is make very small notes when it's things that aren't in the text, just to say they're looking at something that isn't mentioned. There would have been very few um, illustration notes in it. And then what normally happens is uh, if the publisher buys it, they will send me the sample illustrations of who they would like it, or a selection of. And um, just to say it you know what do you think and for me that's normally the first time I've seen
0: yeah that must be amazing
1: I might have drawn a little doodle in a book <laughs> when I was writing it but yeah that so they're alive then and I'm thinking right this is fantastic and as you say the the people that I've worked with have just been incredible it's, I've been mm. so lucky so um, from then I just sort of nod my head
0: yes yeah oh. I don't think you would ever turn down the likes yeah. of Ross Collins and Duncan. really no, would you, yeah. anyway <laughs> even if you had that opportunity to I think they've chosen very well
1: yeah it's it's a dream and, yeah. and my bits i've I, we do then do some edits, obviously, but my bit is just mostly sitting waiting for an email to pop in <laughs> with the roughs and then the the full color. yeah you can add in little notes if if you think something.
0: yeah should. so generally on the whole, it's kind of a handover then to the design team and the illustration yeah. or the illustrator to kind of put bring your words to life really.
1: Yeah, very much, yeah, um, and i I don't really say much, I don't yeah. think I've ever changed anything i can think of uh, because i don't see that as my my job
0: for those who can't see carl is wearing a very fetching cowboy hat in celebration of his next book which we're going to talk about in a moment and in your years of being an author you've had a huge variety of titles of some of which we've covered but there's loads of others that have come before this actually that we haven't even looked at and it's incredible you're constantly i see you on twitter writing little notes and little poems and you're always writing you're always scribbling ideas. where do you get your ideas from And how do you spot the good ones? Or do you just throw them all at your agent and see what happens?
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you spot the good ones? Where do I get my ideas from? I don't know, that's that that tricky question, isn't it? Ideas everywhere. Most of these books start with just the beginning, like either the title or the opening rhyme. And it'll it'll just come in my head, like a bear is a bear one day mm. just came a bear is a bear and then except when it's not and I thought well mm. hang on and I was writing something else at the time so I jumped straight into that other thing you know you, you're reading other people's books and mm. I, read, I did read someone's the other day and they use the same word three or four times in about two pages and I thought oh I'm not sure I would have got away with that I'm not going to name <laughs> it, if it was but then it made it, that gave me an idea not directly linked to that, but that word, interesting, in another sentence became yeah. title of another book. So it's, uh, it,
0: it's it just yeah. shows the importance of of reading, doesn't it? And again, researching and immersing mm. yourself in the subjects that you want to write about because it gives you inspiration.
1: Yeah, it's. I think a lot of it for me is musical as well because they come out in rhymes. I listen to a lot of uh, music every day, Beatles and things like yeah, that. The old cool. old school stuff of a program. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when it bounces along and I, I yeah. sing and change the words around and add in fish and frogs and all sorts of weird things that shouldn't be there. But then when you do that, it kind of takes it off in a different place. Yeah. So quite often I've found myself singing something and I thought, that's a great opening line. Yeah. Start it off and it's done. And it's not directly ripped from the melody of the song, it's just something that's come off where i've taken the, the last night i line. love
0: that idea that's fantastic
1: and, uh, yeah
0: that's really back interesting back. because normally when we we ask that question to authors it's very much about well look around your environment look at what you're um look at when you're out walking and that kind of thing and look at what people do but actually your inspiration comes from other art forms like music mm-hmm. and other books
1: yeah i i am in, inspired as well by mm. stuff in the outside world noises people walking past you just catch half a sentence and it'll be really obscure and like i don't know rabbit ate my hat or something (laughs) yeah it's just everywhere i have a i've got a notebook so i write everything in notebooks
0: i think having a notebook if you want to be a bonita is really really important or an illustrator for that matter drawing everything writing everything down and you just never know what's going to inspire your next story
1: yeah I do write everything, and I mm-hmm. start a new one at the end of each one i 'll make a list of all, all the the titles that are thought of along the way yeah that i haven 't written yet, but there's, the title is something that I think would make a good story so i 've always got ideas at the back at the end of my book if i 'm short of other stuff
0: and um, How important do you think having an agent is in getting published? Is it something writers out there who are wanting to get into the industry should consider
1: from my personal experience um I don't think I would be doing this if it wasn't for Jody, Hodges, who's my agent. Um, just because, I mean, at the beginning, there's a lot of agents out there. So I I knew from the very beginning that I, I wanted to try and be uh, represented by Jodie. Um, but it's, you just learn so much, I think. So okay. I would say, yes, try and get an agent because even though... I'd spent years and years studying picture books and trying to work out everything that I could about page turns and structure and everything. Mm. A Two minute conversation with Jodian and is just something that's made complete sense
0: that
1: ah. I've not even realized I didn't know. Um, but she's, she's just really encouraging, supportive. Um, then as the contract side, obviously yeah. Yeah. Uh, knows all about contracts, always fights for the best deal. Yeah. Uh, things are going wrong. An agent can get involved. So it's not directly on you.
0: Yeah, it's a very solo job otherwise, isn't it? And, and it's yeah. you have to kind of be everything. You have to be the finance person and the negotiator and the creator. And and there's lots of aspects to writing, I think, that people don't necessarily take into account. So having an agent yeah. is just somebody to bounce ideas off and get backing and support from. And somebody with, like you say, the knowledge,
1: Yeah, you know, what they're doing they know the industry. Jodie does all the business stuff for me. I, all I do is... Right, basically and then send the uh, the text to her and then get the feedback we'll edit and and send off um and yeah everything else she takes care of for me
0: i'm sure it's a case of finding the right agent as well isn't it and finding the person you gel yeah. with and the person that gets you creatively
1: definitely yes because i think um some of my ideas are a bit out there <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> and speaking of brilliant and unique ideas we're wearing our hats ready for this um, let's take a look at your latest new release this is your first younger fiction story so it's a longer it's long much longer than a picture book yeah Um, for kind of beginner readers yeah and it's called the hat full of secrets illustrated by waza pink and published by little tiger press Um, i received my copy yesterday and i absolutely loved it i read it in no time at all obviously because I'm a grown-up but (laughs) it's such a gorgeous idea for a story and beautifully presented so can you tell us more please Carl?
1: The Hat Full of Secrets it's about a little boy called Henry who finds a secret I like the idea that you can find one rather than you have a secret don't you but that begins somewhere so I thought I'd word it as in finding something which lends to what the secret is which I won't say You have to read the book, Uh, but then he doesn't know what to do with it. And he goes back home to his granddad's house. He's playing outside and his granddad says, uh, you can tell me. And he doesn't want to tell him in case the secret eats him up. So he says, keep it under your hat, um, which is something that I've, you know, people say when you, when you want to keep something quiet, just under your hat. Um, And Henry doesn't have a hat. So granddad lends him one of his own hats from back in the day, which happens to be called the Jones for <laughs> Adventures. Um, so Henry runs off to go and put this secret, literally, under the hat. Um, and the hat's really dusty and old, full of cobwebs because it's been on top of Grandad's cupboard for a while. So Henry sort of gives it a brush and taps the top. And when he does that, these things fall out They're luggage labels, one lands by his feet and the other four float off in each direction of the compass and um, he picks it up and it's uh, it's got a little message written on it and he realizes that it must be one of granddad's secrets that he put under the hat at some stage and um, so then he goes back home to granddad's house and granddad's found another one one of them went back to his house and, uh, and Henry's very apologetic that he's, he's caused this uh, situation to happen and granddad's not upset in the slightest. And he explains that they are his secrets. And um, he begins to tell him the story of the one that had gone back to his house. And it's, um, they're all, I'll mention why, why they are what they are in a minute. Yeah. But in doing so, Henry basically finds out things about his granddad and about the past that he had never known about because people just didn't talk about it. And obviously they were granddad's secrets. Um, So he hadn't told anyone. So Grandad has now shared that secret. So it's not a secret anymore. And the the luggage label disappears. (laughs) And he feels the relief of, oh, I've told someone. And Henry's like, whoa, did that really happen? So then the the rest of the book is basically them going around finding the other luggage labels. Grandad's telling him the story of each one. Um, And making the hat empty, so to speak, for Henry's own secret, which hopefully by that time you would have forgotten about. (laughs) <laughs> and they just revealed at the end what it is, um, but it's, I tried to make this one really out there. So one of the secrets is about the queen. One's about dinosaur bones. One's about um, an Arctic expedition. One is about the moon or astronauts, rockets yes. to the moon, and one is about driving uh, a car. And a lot of it comes from me not knowing things about my own grandparents right bizarrely um, my mum uh, found a picture of her parents which I, I grew up and uh, my poppy I called him my granddad died when I was 15 mm. and my nan when I was 21 I think 23 um, but she found this picture and one of them was playing an accordion and the other one was playing a piano and I had oh, no that wow. they played these instruments yeah. and they never ever mentioned it to me and they didn't when when my nan died she left an accordion which I I had bizarrely but I didn't know she could play it
0: I think as children you often don't ask those questions do you, you don't yeah. you take it for granted I think and you don't yeah. think to you think they'll always be there and you think they yeah. will have time and you, it just doesn't occur to you to
1: yeah exactly you think you can do them as are, yeah. and that's just they're just it's sitting really there good. to me they just used to sit there and read the newspaper <laughs> yes The the granddad that this is based on is my granddad who is very much alive and does it every day in his his kitchen reading the newspaper. Um, So it's all added a bit of fantasy filled up with as many references Mm. to film and music and and other books as I could.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's loads packed into, into quite a a short story really. Yeah.
1: It was great fun to see it come to life. Because because it's full colour as well. That's uh, The special thing about this one, every single page has got a, Yes.
0: Yeah, it's it's Um, really stunning to look at.
1: Yeah,
0: is it much more challenging writing a longer book? Having written kind of poetry and picture books and that kind of thing, was this a challenge to you, or is this something you've you've done a lot of the time?
1: uh, No, (laughs) (laughs) not doing a lot of the time. The idea for the story already, yeah, and so I knew exactly what was going to happen. I didn't know what the secrets were. and it was 3,000 words. And I think my first draft came in at 4,000. Um, so then we had to cut 25% of it, which is really. Oh, wow. Up. That's where my editor, Jane Harris, came in and worked her magic. It's, it's, uh, I learned a lot doing this one. I think mm-hmm. we then went back into the picture books. Do you yeah. think
0: you'll do more? Yes. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. I've
1: got ideas for others. But, yeah, I'd love to do the longer stuff. I want to try and do more books going up.
0: Am I right in thinking there's an audio book coming out of this as well?
1: Yeah, Robbie Favretto does the, the audio version, the narration. Mm. Uh, that's through Berlinda audio. That comes out on the same day. Cool.
0: So um, can you read us a little bit of the book then to give people a flavour of the insides, please? I can.
1: And so this is the, the moment that Henry, the main character, the, the boy has returned to his granddad's with a secret and has found uh, that Grandad has one of the luggage labels with a secret written on it himself. And Henry is apologizing and and Grandad says, don't worry. And he explains what they are. So it says, the old man smiled. They're my secrets. I kept them all under my hat, you see. I had no idea they could escape. I've got number four here, he added. There are five secrets. And now I think about it, I remember this one very well. And the secret says, Uh, Written on the the luggage label, it says, Shh! The Missing Tyrannosaurus Rexbone. It's from years ago, back when your mum was still little herself. I was sitting just here when I heard something in the garden, he began. It was Fluffwell, and she was up to something. Fluffwell? asked Henry. Our dog, she had a nose for adventure, Grandad chuckled. She was always running away with my slipper, but this time she'd come for something a little bit bigger dinosaur bone from the museum. I don't know how she got it. She was only a little dog, but there she was trying to bury a Tyrannosaurus Rex bone in the garden. A T-Rex, said Henry. What did you do? Well, everyone was looking for this bone, you see. It was on the radio. It was on the front page of the newspaper too. Dinosaur thief, it said, but I didn't want that furry little thief Fluffwell getting into trouble. So I waited until it was dark. Then I took the bone back to the museum with a note to say sorry. I didn't tell anyone about it, and from then on I let Fluffwell take my slipper whenever she wanted to, Granddad chuckled again. Just as the words were leaving his lips, the luggage label began to glow, and then, poof, it turned into a T-Rex and stomped away to dust.
0: Oh that's lovely such a fantastic little story and I can kind of visualize that in a in an animation or something you never know yeah, yeah. that'd be good. If you're listening little tiger can you get some film yeah, rights for that I'm waiting
1: for Steven Spielberg. So, yeah you know,
0: cool. <laughs> absolutely yeah thanks to our um, local Sheffield bookshop Rhyme and reason we've actually got five copies of the hatful of secrets to give away so um, at the end of the podcast, I will explain how people can enter that giveaway. And it's going to be fabulous. What was it like seeing this book in the flesh? Because it's so beautifully produced. It's got a lovely kind of thick hardback textured cover and these amazing glossy pages. I mean, the quality of, of this book is just mm. amazing.
1: Yeah, it is, it is lovely. So it's, uh, it's got the gift book feel.
0: Yeah, completely. It's, it's one you would want to keep, yeah. I think.
1: It's, it was, uh, I don't know, it was a, it was a dream. It, because it's so different to the picture books. mm uh, I'm really quite nervous about how it's gonna, gonna go down, <laughs> um, how it will be received, I should say, not go down. Um, but it's, uh, to see it the first time is, yeah, it's like magic, it's this mm. thing because I think we worked on this about two or three years ago now, so it's taken a while to come to, to actually holding it in my hand and seeing it yeah. in books. I,
0: I think um, full coloured illustrated books like this now are becoming really popular, in terms of helping children learn to read. We've kind of gone away, although Biff and Kipper and all those kinds of yeah. Topsy and Tim are still really popular. I do think we've realized now that actually lots of illustration and, and real quality illustration to books so that that step between picture book and actually reading for themselves isn't such a massive leap.
1: Yeah, that's so, really good to I'd love to do more like this one-offs.
0: So it's National Libraries Week we're still celebrating how libraries have played their part in the UK book culture. Um, Have libraries and librarians played a part in helping you at all? Yeah. You have to say yes to this, obviously because you're on a library podcast. So there is no alternative (laughs) answer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the real answer is yes as well. Um, (laughs) well, We we used to go to the library a lot. I can distinctly remember going and and getting books out. It's in a way it's, uh, uh, you know, that uh, entering a room full of, unlimited sources of mm. information and stories and doors mm. cliche isn't it but it's uh so yeah i still get that little bit of magic when you mm. get out and uh, the librarians they are like the gatekeepers to all these, these doors really and i i can yeah. come in and, and say i don't really like a book about a hat uh, and someone else might go well have you heard of the hat full of secrets yeah.
0: but... absolutely it's, it, it is the place to go for so. For people to get those suggestions and get those books into the hands of the children.
1: Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. I've done quite a few events in libraries over the past few years, Uh, not this year obviously, but it's yes, it's always again a nice buzz. uh, the librarians are so friendly and Mm -hmm. and and always, uh, um, but they're they're always great. You always get a really nice turnout. And it's a different atmosphere, I think, to doing them in schools and in bookshops because you mm. feel much more relaxed. It's yes. like looking at home in a way and you come out and you sit down and you're just there and you can half listen if you want to. You can pay full attention. You know, some mm. of them got little bits of dribble coming out. The <laughs>
0: really
1: like, oh, and others are <laughs> looking out the window wondering yeah. if it's is a dinosaur. It's, yeah. uh,
0: and for it's children crazy. to have the opportunity to meet authors, it's like a celebrity to them. To a lot of them, it's such a huge thing, um, and that, that's what libraries can provide for free, which is yes, one exactly, of the yeah. joys of yeah. them, for, due to nice authors like yourself coming in and doing them, doing events like that, which hopefully yeah, you can get back hopefully. to. Um, so, speaking of UK book culture, we're so lucky to have some brilliant creative talents in the UK, um, and in our library, so many books have stood the test of times, like Judith Kerr, Shirley Hughes. Michael Rosen. What books, authors or illustrators have inspired you?
1: From, a, from being a kid, uh, the only one I can really remember is this one. Yeah, The Owl is Afraid of the Dark, Jill Tomlinson, uh, Owl Called Plop, Afraid of the Dark. That, that's it. Oh, yeah. bang. And then going around lots of reasons why why dark isn't scary. And, you know, dark is necessary. And it's it's great. It's, so that that is... Bizarrely, the only one I can remember.
0: And another one that has, is still on our shelves today and is still asked for all the time. Yeah, I And bet, used yeah. in schools all the time. And it, it's another one that's because I think children, so many children can identify with it. It's really stood the test of time.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only other one my mum always talks about, which I don't really remember, but I'll say, <laughs> uh, is um, uh, the Panda and the Snow, Odotaro. I oh. think this is a series from early 80s and it's Panda Does This, Panda Under That. It's lots and lots of, probably similar to the the Biff's type things. Yeah. So for Like a, a board book version of that, if you like. The only other one from being a kid was um, Sherlock Holmes, Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh, well, yes. I was bought um, a special box set which had a, a cassette on it and I played That's that cool. and it was so scary. I had <laughs> And it put me up reading.
0: Oh, great. <laughs>
1: I didn't read anything else for years until my kids came along. And then we got into picture books and then Oliver Jeffers was king.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: And, and it's Jeffers uh, because I thought it wasn't a big message in his books. But it was more yeah. and a rule breaking. Like, oh, there's no, an, there's an airplane in the cupboard. I took it out for a fly. Like The <laughs> yeah. kids, yeah. that's how kids think. It's, it's brilliant. It seems to be a step away from everything else. Mm. At the time. Uh, but then... Uh, now it's well across all the ages really Morris Sendak I still like oh yes wild things more than the others but that's purely because of, I guess because of its popularity though yeah. I didn't at first when I first saw it. I nah. mm. don't know
0: what
1: that is but then the like the structure of the pages getting bigger and bigger until oh, it's, it's, it's amazing and then, yeah and it I think that's
0: one in. I didn't appreciate until I was an adult actually yeah um, I was never that interested as a child but now as an adult I'm like oh yeah that's such a good book the illustrations yeah. are fantastic um, it's so, strangely
1: yeah. comforting and scary yeah. and like it's an adventure but it's a punishment and yes yeah. you're in your room but you're not in your room it's there's so much going on yeah that was really clever
0: but again, a lot of simplicity in the writing yeah. and in the styles and, and yeah. that kind of thing. It's yeah,
1: Absolutely, yeah. And the wordless pages and yeah. the, like the wild rumpus. I don't know if mm. you can get that in a textbook nowadays. Uh, in a <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, something special about that. Yeah, and, uh, Not Now Bernard. I like a lot of poetry stuff, obviously. Colin West, <laughs> I should give a shout out to Colin. Oh
0: yes, absolutely. Colin West is a, is we've um, got a lot of Colin West books on our yeah. shelves in the library, a lot of his younger readers' oh. his poetry books. Yeah,
1: he's yeah, he's, he's so. a master. Mm. He's, his rhymes are really clever. Um mm. he's I've learned a lot from him. Mm. And uh, well he's he's taught me a lot directly as well and shared a lot. And then there's lots of people out nowadays, all my book shaped friends. They're all inspirations. Fiona Lombard, you, Davies, Rob Biddle, Jim Fields. Yeah. Um, We're
0: incredibly fortunate actually to have so many incredible artists in the book industry now. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the UK specifically as well. We're really yeah,
1: lucky. It's a real golden age.
0: Mm. Um, so what's next, Carl? Is it time for a break or are you still writing? Uh, is there anything coming up on the horizon that you can tell us a little bit about?
1: No time for a break. Cause this is a, uh, But there's loads of things in my notebook that I've half finished. I don't know how many are coming out next year. Maybe. There's one called How to Mend a Friend, Mm -hmm. um, which I wrote during my chemotherapy last year. So um, that sounds like it's going to be very sad and depressing. It's not. It's illustrated by um, Clara Anganusi. And I've only seen the rough so far, but it's beautiful what she's done. It's uh, taken my words which is basically a list book if you like if you know what I mean it's yes. uh, various different ways of how to make someone feel better like mm. someone might like a homemade cake someone else might want a card or a note someone mm. might want a smile or a wave and everyone's different so it goes through that and it was me basically saying all these people have reached out to me mm. in one way or another and this is you know they're all they all mean so yeah. much so it's like,
0: yeah uh, that's a, a really positive outcome from what was difficult Time for you really going through cancer and chemotherapy, and obviously, that that's a huge thing for anybody. And to come out of that with a book that is just such a positive, happy thing I mean, that's just wonderful, isn't it? Really,
1: I didn't realize at the time, well, I didn't really know. It sounds a bit sad, yeah.
0: but it makes you see the world differently, doesn't it? And appreciate yeah. things differently. And I think it also makes your friends appreciate you differently and look at you differently and kind of think, Gosh, I want that person here, I'm going to show them that, which is a lovely yeah really like, from. I, of it like
1: that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that yeah in that case that's well that's all that then turned into that text to me
0: Has
1: uh, become a book so that comes out in june
0: excellent um, i look forward to that
1: and lots of other bits and bobs that i'm trying to get
0: made so where can people find you if they would like to find out more about the books that we haven't announced yet
1: um so my website is com. Um, I try and keep that updated with everything new so it's got a a page for each of the books we've talked about today peek inside um, there might be a little reading and it goes back to some of the earlier books that we haven't
0: yeah teachers and parents with children that need entertaining there's um, activity sheets I noticed on the website as well yes Um, with different little bits of things you can do alongside the book so that's a really nice touch to put in there as well
1: yeah there's um, them and I've got from earlier this year there's the mud waffler a song and various different activities, colouring in's and designing badges and drawing scenes.
0: Oh it's been really lovely to talk to you today Carl and all the books that have been mentioned in this podcast um, and Carl's other titles are available now to purchase and the Pat Full of Secrets will be available from the 1st of October uh, from all good book bookshops. I know Sheffield's Rhyme and Reason bookshop has uh, most of his titles available um, to purchase so do get down there um, and we do have most of your books available in our library as well so you can order okay. those who click and collect service that we're offering at the minute until we're open fully and um, thank you for talking to me today carl it was fantastic really thank enjoyed you very it.
1: Much for having me on.
0: if you would like to be in with a chance of winning a copy of carl's new children's book the hat full of secrets all you have to do is share this podcast on facebook twitter or instagram Don't forget to tag us in your post at Chef Libraries and we will choose a winner at random on Monday the 12th of October. Big thank you to Rhyme and Reason Bookshop for providing us with copies of the book. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram or visit in person at 681 Ecclesall Road. Well, thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Sheffield Libraries podcast the new place to discover the stories, both fact and fiction, that we think deserve to be shared. We hope you'll join us again.